Welcome to another episode of Balling in the Six. This is your Toronto Raptors podcast straight out of London. We've gone three to two over the last week with good wins against teams from both the West and the East. So without further ado, let's get right into it. We're going to look at every single game over the last week. So let's start off where we left off last episode. A wonderful win against a quite awful Celtics team. We have touched on the Celtics in the past, but this is the first time we've played them in a couple of months. And I think the conclusion we get is that it hasn't really changed for a Boston team. They may be 37 and 24. Well, they were as at the time of the game. They're now 40 and 26. That's a decent record. It's enough to get you fifth in the East and a comfortable playoff spot. But they looked really, really poor when they came to the Air Canada Centre last Tuesday. Their top scorer there was Marcus Morris. And when you're relying on someone like that, you know your team isn't in ideal shape. Especially when you have... Kyrie Irving, uh, all-star caliber point guard, starting for you. He only drops 7 of 3 of 10 shooting. Or when you have boy wonder Jason Tate. He only dropped 11. And to be fair, he was one of their better players. But on the night, that's not saying much on a game where they scored under 100 points. Meanwhile, let's switch over to the Raptors young guys. And we see Pascal Siakam leading the scoring for the Raptors with 25 points of 10 of 16 shooting. And you know what was extra special? Was he went 4 from 5 from the corner 3. That kind of skill, and we've talked about it before, that kind of skill, if he can reliably add it to his game, and he looks like he has now, you see him, you're confident now with Siakam in the corner. He's not just a guy who drives and cuts to the net. He's someone who can be reliable from beyond the arc in a catch-and-shoot kind of role. And as we go forward, that will only make him not only an ultimate player, but it will help the team so much in terms of spacing as well. So, overall, fantastic night for Toronto there. We're going to discuss the Portland game a little bit later with our special Blazers correspondent. So let's move on straight to a quite bizarre game against the Detroit Pistons. This was, uh, well, can you call it a home game? It was in Detroit, but of course, you know, half the stadium is absolutely filled with Raptors fans. And of course, it's a game against former coach Dwayne Casey. Now, there was a little bit of animosity shown towards our former manager after the game. He said that the fans in Toronto don't know what a championship looks like. He wants the Detroit fans to know. The Detroit fans, of course, do know after their 2004 win. And as Detroit now sits sixth, after a very good run, they sit sixth in the Eastern Conference. And to be honest, if they played the Pacers today, I'd back them in a first, first round series. As they sit sixth, I'm sure Casey can be confident of not getting swept by... Oh, can't, at, least, at least he can't get swept by LeBron this playoffs with both the Lakers and Cleveland 
out of the playoff running. However, the game was an interesting one. Of course, Detroit don't match up too well with the Raptors from Toronto's perspective, and it really showed. We saw Blake Griffin absolutely dominate as he does. I mean, I've been extremely impressed. I know a lot of people were criticizing that trade from Detroit's perspective, but he's become their franchise man and deservedly so. He's a fantastic player. He can create on his own. And I think Dwayne Case has done the right thing in terms of giving him that capacity, giving him that space to do that. He dropped 27, but we also saw a 15 and 17 performance from Andrew Drummond. And I think we saw a little bit of unnaturally good shooting from Reggie Jackson, which is perhaps what tipped the game over the edge in overtime. Reggie Jackson, he's a decent point guard, but he's more of a pass first, more of a more of a floor general Lowry type. But he shot 8 from 14 this game, and that's not counting Luke Kennard, who's been a bit of a revelation for Detroit, shooting 5 from 9 off the bench from beyond the arc. That kind of pushed it over the edge. The Raptors did have chance to win it in overtime. We all remember, or maybe it's too long ago now to remember, but a final play drawn up from Marc Gasol. A couple of seconds left, had an inbound, and a really fantastic pass right across the court set Gasol up with a corner three and it was just an unfortunate miss you know I think eight out of time eight out of ten times he makes that kind of shot and we walk off with a buzzer beater game winner from the corner which is always fantastic to do against a former manager away from home however it wasn't to be the one concern here is that Detroit aren't a team the Raptors want to face in the first round I'm sure if they do, Toronto will go through. I don't think there's any doubt about that. However, if you talk about longevity in the playoffs and fatigue, they're a team you don't want to be going six or so games with because you'll be pretty beat up by the time you're gonna you're facing the 76ers or the Pacers in the next round. So let's just hope the Raptors do avoid Detroit. But in fact, if we look at the playoff standings, 6-8 to eight are pretty physical teams that the Raptors don't like to play against. We're talking the Nets and the Heat as well. So, maybe it's better not to consider it, consider it as a whole. But I think it's safe to say that any Toronto fan will not want to face Dwayne Casey with a chip on his shoulder in the playoffs. The Raptors didn't bounce back the next game. However, uh, unfortunately it was at the hands of James Harden that Houston beat Raptors quite convincingly and although there was a very big comeback in the third quarter and I'm talking huge we held Houston to 14 points and dropped 34 of our own it's simply that James Harden took over in the fourth quarter as well as Gerald Green Harden scored 19 in the final quarter Green scored 11 as Houston dropped 38 in the final quarter here it was just it was a mix of fatigue concentration and you know not ideal form we see we saw Jeremy Lin have a really terrible game thankfully he's come back as we saw last night against the Pelicans and we'll go into that but it was this game where he carried on his streak of not shooting not not sinking any threes for the Raptors and although the Raptors overcame a 22 point second quarter deficit 
we really struggled with the perimeter defense. The bench didn't play to their full potential. They haven't been great this year, but at least when one or two of the bench has been delivering, it's been enough to supplement the starters. Simply put, however, no one in the bench reached double figures, and you can't win with a bench like that, unfortunately, especially when James Harden is on form. In any sense, I think everyone quite liked the next game. This was last night against the New Orleans Pelicans. So, of course, not the Pelicans of earlier this season, in which we might have considered it more of a marquee matchup. It's an Anthony Davis less Pelicans that are, quite frankly, tanking. Davis didn't play due to um, quote-unquote back spasms, with some air quotes. And so you're facing a team with a decent team. I mean, you have you've got Alfred Payton, you've got Julius Randle, you've got Jaleel Okafor, but it's not a team that the Raptors would ever be scared of with a full-strength side. This was shown... Kawhi Leonard's quite quiet 31 points, I thought, or 14 of 20 shooting. Just majestic in the way he manages to do it. We also saw fantastic performances off the bench. Jeremy Lin, who up to this point in his Raptors career had gone naught for 17 from three, actually sunk two yesterday. And overall, looks like he's getting more integrated into the lineup. Gasol settled a little into his starting lineup, but I think the main thing here is the versatility of the two. Of course, we've talked mentioned it before about one being a little more defensive, one being a little more uh, suited to facing, you know, traditional centers, and the other a little more to the modern center, to the more mobile number five that we see today in the NBA. And that versatility is very important. As for Gasol's point scoring, if you just look at the box score, there is some concern over him. You know, four points, nine rebounds, a couple of blocks isn't ideal in 19 minutes. But I think like Lowry, Gasol is a player who brings more when you're when you're watching him. He passes the eye test, as to speak, even if he doesn't necessarily always show it on the stat line. That was a great win. And that sits the Raptors on 47 and 19 couple of games still, well, two and a half games to be precise behind the Bucks. but of course playoff standing doesn't really matter if you're either facing the Nets or the Heat at this point. I think we take any of them. They're both quite tough teams and personally on a side note, I just think the whole facade about the East being an extremely weak conference is wrong. I think that if, the, if uh, Warriors or a Nuggets had to face a Nets or a Heat, they wouldn't look forward too much to it either. Whereas, I'd be a lot more confident facing the Clippers or the Spurs in a seven-game series. So what do we have to look forward to? We have, well, speak of the devil, we have a game at Miami tomorrow. Before a matchup against Cleveland. Cleveland, of course, who have officially out of playoff contention as of their last game. Then we have a marquee matchup against LeBron James. This is, of course... A minutes restricted LeBron James with the Lakers having given up. Can you believe it? The Lakers having given up on the playoffs. I personally feel sorry because whatever you think of him, whatever PTSD you do have from the last few years of playoffs, LeBron is still a special player to watch and it will be an ultimate disappointment not to have him in the postseason. I'll see you after the Los Angeles game. 
But next, we're going to have a word with Blazers correspondent Samuel Jeffrey. Here to discuss that wonderful Portland game, we have UK Blazers correspondent and high school basketball star Samuel Jeffrey. Samuel, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, good friend. So before we good get into, good before we get into the game itself, it might be worth taking a look at the Blazers. So obviously we've moved on a few games since the Raptors game, but if we look where the Blazers are right now, you're sitting in fifth. You're 39 and 26. I've got one question for you. Do you feel you're in a better position than last season? Where I remind you, you got swept wholly by the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> uh, so, thank you for the very kind and appropriate reminder. But honestly, I feel we're in a far better territory than last season. Even though many say, oh, we haven't traded any of our stars. We've not made any big moves. The assortment of small changes that we made to our side, I think, really improved us. Tell uh, me about notably, some of them. Notably, even recently, you can see the new addition of NS Cantor at the start of the season, Seth Curry. As you've seen, even against the Raptors, he was dominant in the fourth against your bench unit. And players like that, we've just, they're just, come into their own in Portland and they're really leading our bench unit. Rodney Hood as well, another recent addition. And I feel like we've got that added depth that we didn't have and the players who can create their own shots. So even if we do get double teamed on every single Damian Lillard, Yusuf Nurkic pick and roll, we can still hit some shots, make some threes off of passes and not have to leave all of the work to Dame trying to shoot through a double team. So one player you didn't mention, and you know, if we refer to more to the game now, one player that was really instrumental for the Blazers was CJ McCollum. He plays 40 minutes, shot 12 from 20, and scored 35 points on 7 from 11 from behind the arc. I was extremely impressed with him, and not only because I have him in my fantasy team, but just hmm. the way he was coming off screens, the way he was creating shots for himself, his ability to catch and shoot. How important will that be become playoffs? And do you think he's stepped up his game this year? Because last year, of course, McCollum was excellent as well. But do you think he stepped it up? And do you think the Toronto game has shown us what he's capable of? I mean, I think CJ is in himself much more capable even than what he showed at Toronto, although that was an unbelievable performance. We've seen games where he's dropped 50 and three quarters He's just that kind of scoring talent where he can do everything. He can shoot a great mid-range. He can pull up from three. He's great around the basket. And I think in the playoffs, it will be uh, quite important, a lot more so than last year, because he'll be playing more minutes alongside Damian Lillard. That was one of the big changes that, as a Blazer fan, I've noticed this year. They're playing more of their minutes together because our bench unit is good enough to hold to themselves, so we don't have to stagger their minutes. And I think with them playing together, it 
helps a lot because we get more open shots for CJ and for Dame. And especially with the fact that CJ can create his own shot, it makes us a lot less reliant. So I think he's really a crucial part of the team. Although his defense is lacking, it has come come on a long way this year. That's more than fair. So let's look more at the game itself. You ran us close. The Blazers, of course, just missing out thanks to a brilliant Kawhi Leonard game winner. Uh, Got the bounce. So he did get the bounce, but it's called a shooter's bounce for a reason. So from a Portland, from a Western Conference type of perspective, are the Raptors the team you'd least like to play if Portland got to the finals? Oh, and let me just make one point. I believe both Shaq and Kenny, or was it Shaq and Charles Barkley, both said two nights ago that Portland will go to the Western Conference Finals, and they were deadly serious. So let's put in that hypothetical situation. Which team do you not want to face out of the East? Do you feel you match up well with the Raptors? Or do you feel that players like Leonard will just take over like he did four years ago? Now, that is a very good question. I feel like the Raptors are probably the ones we, the team we'd least face purely because of the recent addition of Kawhi Leonard, because he is in reality, a playoff monster. We saw, we saw it in the limited minutes he played where the Spurs were 20 points up against Golden State in the conference finals just two years ago. And it's the Raptors, even though we the Blazers have become more deep this year, the Raptors and maybe the Celtics are the only teams uh, in the East who are, are competing, or I think are even deeper and who could dominate our bench unit. So that's interesting. And, uh, you're not mentioning the Milwaukee Bucks, who sit far and away the deserved leaders of the Eastern Conference so far. Instead, you mentioned the Celtics, who, quite frankly, and putting aside all bias here, have looked terrible this season. Celtics have looked quite awful, but I'm a lot more fearful of them than I am of the Bucks or even the Sixers, because, first of all, the Celtics will step up their game come playoff time. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. They are a very capable team and they are very capable players. And I think that they will sort out sharing the rock between Kyrie and the rest of the team. I think Tatum will play a lot better in the playoffs. I mean, he showed that last year with his great performance and, of course, his infamous dunk over LeBron. Did you know he's only 20? I did not know he was only 20. He's I thought he was 20. 25. Wow. You know, he's literally a baby. I heard he just was born yesterday. And he can still dunk over yeah. LeBron. Amazing. Well, he's got great potential. And I think Celtics, is they have the potential to do huge damage. And I'd still like to face uh, the Celtics a lot more than I would the Raptors. But the reason I think the Bucks maybe aren't the most scary team is because they're still not fully developed. They play well as a team, but Giannis in particular, with his lack of a jump shot, at the moment, I feel even though he is, it is coming along. It's still not going to be there by playoffs where he can shoot rely like an efficient percentage. So 
I think that in the playoffs we'll be able to uh, switch our defensive strategy, focus on uh, defending the paint a lot more, and then covering the Bucks' three-point shooters. So I think that mm, the Bucks will be an easier side to shut down than they are right now because they're just not getting the focus that maybe they warrant. And going back maybe lastly to the Blazers itself, if we ended the season here, you'd be facing off against the Thunder in the first round. Now, very recently, the Blazers had a fiery matchup, to say the least. And the whole of the Oracle, sorry, not the Oracle, what's Portland's ground called? The Moda Center. The Moda Center, what a name. The whole of the Moda Center was booing Russell Westbrook after an altercation with Yusuf Nurkic. So let me tell you this. Do you get swept in the first round this year? Don't no. answer from a Blazers fan's point of view. Answer from a Blazers reporter point of view. Even from a reporter's point of view, I just don't see us getting swept this year by almost any team. Maybe the Warriors do stand a chance if they play to the fullest potential, which they haven't been this season, but I think they will during the playoffs. But the Thunder, I feel like we have fairly good matchups against them. I mean, Dame can hit shots over Westbrook pretty well. Um, and as long as we play well, we're definitely taking two games off the Thunder. No question about it. I mean, we showed we showed against them a couple nights ago that we can play to to their level and up to their level. And even in that game, our bench unit didn't play particularly well. And so I feel like we can easily take a few games off the Thunder, even if we don't end up beating them. I am honoured that you chose to be that honest as your last answer on the podcast. Samuel, thank you for coming on Balling in the Six. We look thank forward you, to having you back. Is there anything you want to plug before you go? Um, buy Portland Trailblazers merch off NBA Store EU, please. Oh, um, I was talking more about your Twitter, but we can leave that if you if you so wish. Oh yes, at passing football with one L one. Great, and you'll be covering both the Blazers football and socialist films on that account. Thank you Indeed. for coming again on on the podcast. We'll see you next time.